Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1051. If you're going to do something, you should do something you like. It's not about how much money you make. It's about what you really enjoy doing and what you can't wait to get out of bed to go to work for in the morning. And there aren't many people that can say that. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest and a friend of mine, David Bingham. So David, I know you're over there in Maui, so aloha. Nice of you to call in today on a a vacation day for me. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled up and I'm always ready for a fun ride. I I know you are. (laughs) That's absolutely true. David Bingham is the CEO and chairman of Park Place Limited, located in Bellevue, Washington. In 1989, David joined up with his college roommate, Butch Bachmeyer, and capitalized on their shared love for cars and built a business unlike any other on the West Coast. Park Place Motor Group has a campus that features over 40,000 square feet of indoor showrooms. They offer the finest high performance, special interest classic, and collectible cars, and Park Place offers a full-service auto salon as well. They are the Northwest's exclusive official Aston Martin dealership and the oldest and largest Lotus dealership in the USA. They're also the Seattle area's only official Saab store, and they represent Superformance, shared friend Lance Stander, of course, and Spiker Automobiles. David is an avid vintage racer campaigning his ex-Sterling Moss Lotus 23 sports racer, and he and his wife are involved in many local charitable organizations, including Children's Hospital and the LeMay Museum. So David, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. There's so much to talk about. Please share a little bit about your business and, of course, a passion that you have for automobiles. Well, I think it's it's a passion. I grew up in Spokane, Washington, and in Spokane, when you were going to school, if you didn't have a cool car, you were kind of nothing. Of course, we didn't have any money. Nobody did. So I bought a $300 uh, 50 Merc with uh, blue with white flames on it, and that started my career. And uh, <laughs> and Butch and I and, and I had it fixed at the garage uh, at Reed's Texaco station where Butch worked, and so Butch and I have known each other since our parents knew each other before we were born. That's how long we, wow. have, we went to grade grade school together, high school together. We lived together at the University of Washington, and while uh, my wife was out playing pool with Butch so he could pay for his Corvette, I was home studying because I didn't have that cool a car then. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, we've had we've had quite a it's it's been a real interesting deal because for me I spent the first twenty years of my life after graduating from uh, University of Washington in business I spent uh, the first twenty years with the family business Fisher Broadcasting mm-hmm. uh, as an executive at KOMO Television right starting yeah. out as a non executive pulling cables on the floors and doing commercials for all of these uh, famous old car dealers like Dick Balch. And uh, so that is really way back. That's back in the 60s. So uh, I don't know. But in our school, in in my growing up, when I was, I think, three or four years old, my aunt had to pull me out of the bottom of a bus. I was underneath the bus trying to figure out what made the wheels go around. (laughs) So that was, I've always just had this love. My dad was away in the Navy and I was in Seattle with my aunt and my mom. 
And I used to sit by the window, I guess, and I could tell, I could tell, I knew every car that went by the window. I knew exactly what they all were. So <laughs> I guess I could remember stuff then, too. <laughs> yeah, well, blood throws through your veins, and I'll let our listeners know. I met David when I moved up here. We were moving Griot's Garage up here, a company I worked with for 20-plus years. And I met David because I got involved in vintage racing with Sovereign. He was racing, and he was so kind to kind of give me some advice and help at Pacific Raceway about how to go around the track real fast. And uh, we became friends and uh, been up to Park Place so many times, and we even did some deals together when I was at Griot's. So uh, you and I go way, way back up here in the Pacific Northwest, and, and David's always been somebody involved in the car hobby up here, helping, being involved, and, of course, the cars they have at Park Place. It's a never-ending stream of candy. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. And we're going to learn a lot more about you and Park Place and all the things you're doing as we go through your life. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has great meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah, so David, take the wheel. I guess the mantra would be, after spending 20 years doing something that was fun and enjoyable in the television business. And that was a very good time then. But my love has always been in the car business. And I think that my my mantra, if anything, is that if you're going to do something, you should do something you like. It's not about how much money you make. It's about what you really enjoy doing and what you can't wait to get out of bed to go to work for in the morning. And there aren't many people that can say that. And that's just, that's gone with me forever. Well, and I'll tell you, one of the things you'll notice, and if you watch any of the uh, Bear Jackson auctions or any of the auctions, you'll see Butch and David there. And one thing you'll always notice about these two guys, there is always a huge smile on their face, no matter what. I mean, you guys should just always have a permanent smile on your face. And that says something about what you're doing, because the automobile business is, it's ups and downs. I mean, there's a lot of uh, turmoil that can happen. The economy takes a dumper and people aren't buying cars. But you guys just always have a terminal smile, and that's because you figured out the secret sauce to life. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You talked about that Mercury, I guess it was, back when you were a kid. But is there a, a first car or a pivotal moment, I should say, when you realized that you were going to be a car guy, other than when your your aunt pulled you out from under that bus? <laughs> no, they, they actually, what I really remember is, and I'm trying, this, this would have been in 19... 19- 53, I was living in Spokane, and I went to the ski jumps. My dad was a ski jumper in college, and uh-huh. we went to the ski jumps, and what pulled up next to me there when we got out of our whatever it was we were driving was a 53 Corvette, and I just went crazy. I thought that was, without a doubt, the coolest thing I had ever seen in my entire life, and I was so mesmerized by that. That I mean, there's even a further story on that because I bought a 54 Corvette and had uh, just a, a shell of one. And I'm building, I've been building a resto mod on that for the last seven or eight years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> through, through good times and bad. And I, I still haven't seen it <laughs> done yet. But uh, that, I mean, that really got me going. I just couldn't stand it. I was so in love with that car. Yeah. Well, our high school life was like that too. I mean, you, it was hot rod cars, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, customized cars nothing normal <laughs> um and of course when our cars didn't run when our cars didn't run this was butch and i our cars don't run our moms had the coolest cars because my mom had a blue and white 57 buick buick centric convertible and butch's mom had a 57 t-bird convertible 
Ooh. And so when our cars broke down, we, our moms had always let us take their cars. So we, you know, we actually could look good <laughs> at the triple X. I think that would be a cause for maybe a pulling a spark plug wire out of your car and going, I don't know why it won't start, mom. Can I borrow the car? <laughs> that's a pretty cool ride your mom's had. I think that's great. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, talk about a big challenge or even a big failure along the way, because being an entrepreneur and then jumping into the car business, and we mentioned that, and you and I both know the economy plays a big part in the automotive industry, the ups and downs, the collector car market, the auction market. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just, it's always changing. So I'd love for you to share a big challenge because these stories help others learn about how you got through it. And more importantly, what did that situation teach you? I'll bet you have a lot of these stories to tell, but walk us through one of them and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your business, in your career, in your life. Well, we've all had challenges for sure. And believe me, we've had more than our fair share of them, especially, you know, back in 1950 or 19 or 2008, when the world went to hell in a handbasket, uh, I got swindled out of practically all the money I had left in the world. We were kind of keeping Park Place going with all that. We were treating it more as just a fun hobby than a real business that made us turn around and have to turn our business in and turn our fun hobby into a real business. I mean, we had to buckle down and uh, we had to actually make money instead of me just kind of feeding, feeding the hobby and enjoying myself because it was a, it was a real turnaround. And what a lot of people don't know is that at least in our neck of the business, they're, they're just, it's not a hugely profitable business at all. And when you're, starting and you don't have that uh, we had a, a lot of things to build and to to make which you know especially to invest in our business we had to, you know we had to borrow money to do that and you got to pay those guys their money and everybody and it's it's not a hugely profitable business but it is a lot of fun but boy we have had our challenges you know there we had a huge challenge we're still working through it right now when sound transit came and eminent domained and took our property away from us and didn't pay us what it was worth and i i have nothing but i hate sound transit you know they're screwing us and they're screwing the other other dealers and it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen for an expense expensive money and now they not only took our property away, they forced us to lease another property and we had to put like three and a half, four million dollars into that just to make it work. And we didn't even own the property. And now they've got a street going. Now they're ruining our entrance and our street that empties into the place we have. We have a beautiful place now, but we're back in debt again. And you know, you just have to be really sharp about what you're doing. You know, that's one of the challenges. Other small challenges are like, Okay, we're the biggest consigner at Bear Jackson. We have had years where we've gone there and taken a whole bunch of cars and we've lost three hundred thousand dollars. We've had it next year we'll go there and we'll make three hundred thousand dollars. And you just don't know. You think you're smart and you think you're really on top of things and things do change in the car business. Yeah, uh, well you no have doubt. To be on top of that. Yeah, I know I know your old facility there in Bellevue was such a beautiful facility. And when I found out what was happening, and, you know, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. The government come in and just take it away. Uh, eminent yeah. domain, they just go, nope, it's not yours anymore, and we're going to pay you whatever we want. And, and a lot of people, when you tell them that, they go, what? That How can that happen? That happens in the United States? Yeah, it happens all the time. And this is America. <laughs> America, I know, I know. It's just, it's crazy. And I guess, you know, with, with these challenges, with all the time you've spent selling cars, is there maybe one lesson, and I know there's a lot of lessons, but maybe one lesson you might teach that young guy out there who looks at somebody like you or 
these other big resellers and thinks, oh, this is easy. I'm just going to go buy some cars and resell them. Is there a little piece of wisdom you might drop their way, a little golden nugget to kind of help them be aware of what they might be driving into? Well, if anything, pay attention. It's it's know what you're getting into. Know what you're getting into. And know all of the expenses and know what it is really. To have a business nowadays is not just, okay, I'm going to, I got some money. I'm going to go buy some cars and I'm going to sell them. Well, mm-hmm. boy, it is not that easy. Number one, it costs a fortune to have a business. Thank God we're not in Seattle. At least we're in Bellevue. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even open a business in Seattle at this point with what's going on there. But you have to really know what's going on to jump into something like this. You have to have a good attorney. You have to know what your expenses and what everything is going to be. There have been so many failed car dealers that just think they can go out in a wing and a prayer and do it. And it's not that easy. Buying cars is very, very difficult. And that's yes. where the money is when you're, when we're doing what we're doing is in buying the cars. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I talked to a, a good friend. He's a guy both you and I knew from Seattle, a racer who made a lot of money in the, the trash disposable business, uh, disposal business. And I remember him telling me once, he goes, you know, I thought I was the smartest guy in the world. I knew the trash business inside and out. So I went and bought a car dealership thinking this can't be hard. And he said, I lost my whole bloody fortune. I have to go back to trash. And we both know who I'm talking about. But the point is, it's a very, very challenging business. And there's very thin margins and massive amount of expense. And you hit the nail on the head. The government makes owning a business with all the rules and regulations, insurance requirements, very, very expensive. And uh, yeah, no doubt. So know what you're getting into. Listen to the words of wisdom of David Bingham here. Know what you're getting into. Well, let's shift gears and, and talk about a, what I call a career aha moment, because you evolved from selling classic cars, cool cars, into having your own dealerships with Saab and Lotus and Aston Martin. And I'll tell people, if you've never been to Park Place, or if you haven't been to parkplaceltd.com, their website, check it out, because these guys just have like I said, it's a candy store for us car folks. Is there a time where you had a big career aha moment where the kind of the headlights came on and, and kind of pointed you down another direction that made some sense for you? We will ever always wants to be a franchisee because boy, that's a huge big deal. We went back in, it must have been 2003 or four. We decided, okay, we want to be the Bentley dealer. So we were, we got the Bentley deal. Didn't really cost us anything. Well, not in the beginning. We didn't have to pay for it. But all of a sudden, we got involved in this Bentley franchising. They wanted us to spend millions of dollars on building this and doing that. And then we started doing it, and then they changed their mind. We had to tear it all down. And then we, we had sold like 80 of the new Bentley or 60 of the new Bentley Continentals. And mm-hmm. then they told us uh, they had a guy come out here and spend a week with us figuring out how we could do everything. And then they told us we were only going to get nine cars the first year. What? Well, so I'm, I'm looking, so I'm looking, well, that's really pretty good. I can so far see about a million and a half dollar loss on their first year. Yeah. And, and it, they just, they lied to us. They, and they did, well, they also didn't like the way we dressed because you have to have your, wear your coat and tie when you're doing Bentley <laughs> yeah. stuff. But it, you, you know, Butch and I pretty well. And we're there yep. in our shorts and our flip flops. Uh, and, and Hawaiian uh, shirts. At least, <laughs> it, yeah, Hawaiian shirts, you know, that's kind of us. And those, that's our, those are our customers. Yeah, and they didn't understand this, and it was it was a horrible situation. Uh, we finally sold it to to where the to Al, where the Bentley store is now, and he knows how to do that, you know. But yeah. and we also had Lotus, which was a different situation. Arnie Johnson, who was president of Lotus back then, was just a wonderful man, and through our racing and stuff, we ran into him and 
he asked us, we, we thought maybe we'd like to be a Lotus dealer. And you know what? We shook hands and that was it. We were the Lotus dealer. And wow. years later, we had to, we were trying to, we were thinking about merging our company with somebody and they asked us for all the paperwork for Lotus. <laughs> we we <laughs> Don't have never, it. <laughs> had, never had a piece of paper saying, saying we're even a Lotus dealer. <laughs> and yet we're, yet we were the, I think we're the oldest and, and have been for not now the largest Lotus dealer in the country. Wow. And I mean, you know, that's the, that's the kind of crazy stuff, you know, that happens. And Lotus has been wonderful to deal with. And after losing Bentley, that was when I had a lot of money back then before the 2008 time. And I just yeah. wanted to have, I wanted to have Aston Martin because they were cool cars and we'd lost Bentley and we thought we could do something with them. And mm-hmm. so we paid way too much money for them from Michael Bryan, but that's okay. We wanted it and we got it. And it's been tough. I love Aston Martin. The Aston Martin people have been somewhat difficult to deal with, but uh, they sort of understand us a little bit. I'm not sure if we had it to do over again, if we'd be a franchise dealer. I mean, Mm. for stuff like Shelby, Superformance, Spiker, and all those things, that's those are easy and those are fun and those are right down our line. But a a real big line franchise dealer, they push cars on you, whether you can sell them or not. Franchising isn't isn't the only thing in the world, unless you've got something like the Mercedes dealer or Porsche dealer, where you know you can actually where you make all your money in the back instead of the front end with your service. Well. Right. You know, so. Exactly. Wow. Well, it's it's a tough business for sure. I've, I've, t- I've had plenty of people who own dealerships on this show over the last three and a half years. And yeah, it's not easy. Uh, there's so many rules and regulations you have to deal with. It's not, it's your dealer, but it's not really because the mothership owns you, if you will. That's right. And they they, That's they right. pull all the strings. They tell you what you do. And sometimes they don't even understand your market and your customers. So, wow. Tough times, not but. Sometime, uh, not sometimes. They almost, all, they almost all never. The we. We are such an outside the box dealership. Even the banks, you know, we don't fit with any bank's way of doing anything. We are just, mm. we're so, there just isn't anybody else like us. Uh, you know, That's you, you got sure. a few, you got a few people in Florida that kind of deal in this type of business and, you know, a lot of that's uh, money coming from strange places, as we probably all know. And they're all the gold chain guys that it's just a whole different deal than we are. You know, we, we grew up just super customer oriented and doing this. And, you know, we have the best of the best and we make sure it's the best of the best or we don't sell it. I'll tell our listeners, it's a very family fun environment when you go to Park Place. You just walk in there and you feel like you're with a bunch of friends. It's no pressure, cool cars, cool people. A lot of your salespeople have been there forever, ever since I've lived here. Uh, yeah, it's just a great, great place. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. That first car that had a great meaning for you? Maybe the time when you finally had some coins in your pocket and could buy what you really wanted. Tell us about that vehicle and maybe a special memory that comes to mind. Well, I will, and there really is that special car. That special car happened at a Scripps auction down in San Diego. We were there, and Craig Jackson's there, and uh, anyway, Butch and I were there, and there was a, a 64 Cobra, the small block, slab-sided Cobra that was there that was just a fabulous look. And I, I'm kind of thinking, man, can I don't know. I can want to spend the kind of money to buy this, but, you know, I really want that. So Craig buys the car, and then we get into our into the maker's mark later on that night with Craig and his <laughs> buddy and Butch Uh-oh. and I. And anyway, we ended up giving Craig 5000 bucks for his ticket for that car. And I think in those days, I think it was, I think he paid 115 for it, and we and we gave him five grand. 
So I owned the car for like 120 or something like that. And, you know, we're talking about a, you know, a real, a real Cobra. I never have had, had more fun with that car. Bush and I went on all kinds of everything from all kind of road rallies on the wow. Copper State a bunch of different times. And we just had a wonderful time with that car, drive it out to the vintage races. And then I'd get in my race car. And it was just fun to have it. And I drove it all <laughs> over the place. And I know, remember seeing you in that car yeah. out at the Pacific yeah, Raceway. Yeah. yeah, that thing's and cool. Then when, thing, s- when things went to hell in 2008, um, I had to sell the car. I had that. Oh. I had a, and I had the most beautiful 65 350 Shelby GT or 66 Shelby. Mm, 350 yeah. GT, and I had to get rid of both of them. And I, I'm sick to my stomach. And I know to this day, I know who bought my Cobra. And he said he'll never sell it without checking with me first. So I'm still wow. waiting to get rich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, now it's going to be, now it's more like an eight or $900,000 car. But we uh, sold yeah. it and bear it for like 600 and something. But wow. uh, I just, I, I still lust after that car. And uh, I love yeah. it. That and Porsche Speedsters, of which I've had. That was my first car in college. I have never not owned a Porsche since 1962. Oh, my God. Wow. personal cars. I have always owned at least one Porsche. Well, so how cool is that? Well, I, the Porsches. Yeah, mine does, too. And you know that about me. But I'm, I'm not I even going to ask that. you. I'm not even going to ask you the next question, which is Stellar's remorse, because you just told us the story. So I'm not going to make you relive that. But, uh, you know, I always tell people when they let cars go for whatever reason, uh, I had to let a car go to help pay for some college for one of my kids. And, uh, you know, at least you got the time with the car. You got to experience it. You got to drive it. And the, the thing I love about you is you drive your car. You use them. A lot of these things end oh, up tucked bet. away. They get tucked away in a garage. Nobody ever gets in them. And, you know, they don't even share them with people. And you are always in that thing. So bravo. Bravo. Very, very nice. I had a few cars like that. And you're right. I. Even my Turbo S, my uh, 97 Turbo S I have, I oh, still yeah. drive that car. I drove yep. to Spokane last year in the uh, for the Porsche Parade, and it was kind of the big hit over there because the last air-cooled Turbo S's were really quite a car. And I think that car is another halo car for me, and I still have it for sale in the dealership for so much money, nobody will buy it. <laughs> but then again, I did that with my Lotus 23. I put it up for sale for $100,000 more than it was worth, and some guy in the Philippines came and bought it. Well, you got to be careful. You know, there's always yeah. somebody out there with a bigger checkbook that really well, wants it. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, well, that's okay. You're talking about your blue S, the, the blue S, right? The blue car? Yeah, the blue turbo yeah. S. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that car. That thing's spectacular. I've seen it on the track at Pacific Raceway. I know your yeah. your son your son used to jump in that car and drive it as well out at the racetrack. So uh, yeah, well, it uh, kind of taught me how to. I remember thinking I was just about the fastest guy on earth. And then I got in that car with him, and I'm noticing that he's coming into turn one about 20 miles an hour faster than I ever did, and I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking I'm going to die. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and I, that's when I learned what a real race car driver was, and my son was the real thing. <laughs> he he was the real thing. Yeah, he is the real thing. He's an awesome driver. So very very yeah. cool. Well. Let's talk about today and tomorrow and this year. Let's talk about this year. What has you guys really excited and fired up with Park Place? What's going on with you guys and, and what's got you thrilled this year about the car market? Well, I think the most exciting thing is that we have a fabulous new physical plant in dealership. Even though we're apart from our auto salon, we're, you know, a few blocks up the street. It's so cool to be in a Actually, it's almost 50,000 square feet of showroom space. We could have all of our stuff inside. It's beautiful. Uh, 
in our auto salon. We're able to do all these different things we couldn't do before. We've got the 12 or 13 service bays. We've got a restoration department. We have wheel repair. We have detail. We have the only hand car wash around that's the real thing. There's nothing we can't do to a car to service what cars are that we, we sell everything and there's nothing that we can't work on ourselves. So that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a marvelous facility. It's, it's so exciting to have that. We finally got a little bit more money for a flooring line. That, that's been a real tough deal for us too, especially after all the stuff we went through in, uh, in 2008. It's been tough to get the money, to get the flooring, to have the cars we want. And, and we've gotten that now and we've stepped up. We have a lot of newer families and a lot of the newer cars and things, even though we're still way into the collector car things, but we can now start buying some $100,000 cars and special cars and things. And we're very excited about that. We've really stepped up our game. You know, we have a huge advertising network. Our consignment department is unlike any other in the country. We sell like 85% of the cars we have in there within 90 days. You know, it's just fabulous to have something like that. Yeah. And you know, it's not to bring your car in, you can't just bring your car in and have it sell us for you. We have to go through a 128-point check, and they have to fix everything in the car, or we won't sell it. That's mm-hmm. just the same kind of stuff. But, you know, like when we buy cars, everything goes through a full check and a full this. So whatever we sell, we can be proud of because 70% of our business is outside of our own market here. Because we have what no one else has. That's the reason. It's a fantastic facility. And I know uh, because I, I kind of helped you back when I was at Griot's set up your auto salon, the first one that you put together, and it was top-notch. I remember going up there and talking with the guys that uh, work for you. These guys, they know their stuff. This isn't just a little drive through car wash. I mean, this is top-tier <laughs> no, it is. kind of stuff. And you're in the great neighborhood for people that have a lot of great cars. So, again, I would encourage our listeners to check out parkplaceltd.com. Check out what's going on. Uh, you're going to be there a while, so pour yourself a long, tall drink and sit back and enjoy all the cool cars at Park Place. Here's a very introspective question for you, David. I love this question. It's not so much what kind of car you want to be. It's how you perceive yourself as a vehicle. So what kind of car would David Bingham be? That's a really interesting question, and I saw that. <laughs> and I think if I'd be anything, I'd want to be a Porsche Speedster. Lean and mean and mean and old school. And of course, I'm not lean. I'm not really very mean, (laughs) but I just, I just, to me, that's just the iconic thing that people have fun with. You cannot not have fun with a Porsche Speedster. And and, and I so relate to that because that's the car I had all through college. You know, Uh. I drove it up skiing. I drove it. It had no defrosters. It had no, (laughs) my wife finally said, when we got get, get ready to get married back in 1966, she said, you know, we, we just can't get married at this speedster. We just can't have it. So I bought a Super 90 Cabriolet with roll-up windows and a heater. <laughs> <laughs> she should have known what she was getting into. But yeah, you guys yeah. have been married for over 50 years, right? We have. Yes, we yeah. have. And, uh, you know, she uh, she just says, well, I was, I was retired for two years after KOM on that business. And. She just said, you know, would you figure out something to do? Because you're driving me crazy. And then I ran into Butch <laughs> again, and we started fooling around with stuff. And it kept growing and growing and growing. And, you know, to this day, Mark, uh, on a Sunday morning, what do I do if I'm at home? Get up, go yep. to Park Place. I mean, every day. I'm, I'm there every single day at Park Place when I'm in town. Oh, just I know. Because that's where I want to be. 
Exactly. We have a big yeah. TV screen. I can watch the football games. I can watch the car races. I can watch the, <laughs> the car auctions. And uh, Butch and I enjoy, just enjoy, like hell, being up there and working with all of our people and all of our customers. Well, like I said, you guys have figured out the secret sauce to life. And I think your wife was very smart and wise to send you off to find something to do, your passion. Uh, uh, she kind of got you out of her kitchen and on to something else. And uh, that always works. makes a great marriage as well sometimes, yes, too. Yes, it does. So. <laughs> It, it obviously does. obviously works quite nicely. Well, David, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars yeah, and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. Okay, David, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You've been on many last laps. I know you've been on the racetrack a lot. The white flag's out. This is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't go in the automotive business. It's really tough. <laughs> <laughs> Just after that whole big story about how wonderful it is. <laughs> There is there well, is a dark I, I would side. Say that, uh, that's maybe good advice. It's kind of like racing. You know how that is. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The most fun thing you can do and the most money you can spend. And uh... That was another saying our, our good uh, late friend Bruce Levin said to me. Bruce, was, uh, yes. To make a whole lot of money, or if you wanted to uh, make any money in racing, don't plan on it because you're going to take all the fortune you've built and you're going to just squander it away. So, And that's right. Exactly right. But it sure but was fun. fun doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know he had a lot of fun, too. Now, how about a personal habit? There must be a personal habit that you have that has helped contribute to your many successes. Well, I'm kind of a perfectionist, sort of like my partner Butch is the same way. I mean, we are really, really detailist when it comes to the cars we buy and to our uh, to what we have to do to buy everything and to do everything. We 
we want the best of the best. And I just, we just won't settle for anything less. And I mean, I can go over a car that somebody thinks is a number one car and drag it right down to a number three or a two minus car <laughs> in about two seconds. Yeah. And, you know, it's that wanting the chasing perfection. It's just been me my whole life. I'm a boat builder. I've built boats. I've built all kinds of things. And I love that part of it. Being a perfectionist uh, is what's really driven me to, I, I just want the best of the best always. And I like something that nobody else has. That's really kind of the sauce to our business there. We want to, we want to be able to buy what no one else has and have it for the world available. And of course, we want to sell it. Well, yeah, you got to do that. You can't keep them all. That's called a hobby, not a business. Yeah, yeah. How about a resource? There are lots of great resources these days. Obviously, Park Place is a great resource if you're looking to buy a cool car. Is there one that you particularly enjoy you could share? Our most fun resources are really the auction, Barrett-Jackson. Yes. I mean, we have, jeez, uh, I asked him down there uh, if, what records they have with, because we're like one of their longest deal, one of their longest contributors. And, and he said, well, you know, since 2002, you guys have done... $45 million worth of cars here at Barrett. Whoa. You think about that. We're their largest consigner, but that's, it's also, it's a great place to buy cars, but you have to be very careful. That in Mecham, we're one of Mecham's largest consigners too. Mm-hmm. We try to go to a lot of the auctions, not all of them, but it's not only fun, it gets us known. And it's, uh, that's just, a, it's just a, gr- a great resource, not just to buy and sell cars, but also to meet and greet and have the people know who you are. I mean, there's hardly any dealer that does anything like we have that doesn't know who we are across the country or across oh, the, yeah. in Europe as well, too. So that's a, that's a huge resource for us. All of the other dealers that deal in the, I mean, we can call on the phone and get a hold of any, almost any dealer looking for anything we really have to find for a customer. And yeah. we know the dealer, we know the deal, we can usually make a deal with them because sometimes we, you know, we all trade cars back and forth when we got customers for them. I know that if you ever watch Bear Jackson on TV, which they come on every year, you're going to always see Butch or David walking across that, that platform there. I always see you guys there with a big smile on your face, checking out all the cars. I think you're just uh, part of the scenery there for sure. And you've been, that's an amazing amount of money. Yeah, Craig Jackson, I think he owes you a couple more drinks uh, than maybe just the few that he's, he's giving you to get him to buy cars from him. Oh, my gosh. An interesting statistic that we figured out that, like, say, last year, we took 93 cars to Scottsdale, which is stupid. And we didn't really have huge expectations. A lot of the cars we just wanted to get rid of. It's a way to turn your cars into money because it's no reserve. But we figured out that Bear Jackson probably made a million dollars on us. And maybe we were probably lucky to make uh, almost 200 grand. (laughs) Well, there's a little tip for the kind of business (laughs) So who has the right business? I'm not sure which yeah. is the right kind of business. And yes, they do treat us well, but nevertheless, you know, hey, Barrett treats, everybody gets the same deal. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. we may be getting more passes or get this or that, but not that we don't deserve it. Yeah. There's no special it's- deals with these people <laughs> other than the fact that you know them and they're, they're helpful to you. Oh, there's another little business tidbit that we just dropped for you. Another little golden nugget. Maybe you want to get in the auction <laughs> business. That ain't easy either, pals. I've had a lot of auction guys on this show. We've done that. We've uh, sponsored some auctions with Mitch Silver back in the early days. And we, ah, yeah. Just like trying, okay, well, you do all these ship cars over the place, get in the trucking business. Yeah, well, we looked at that one too. Yeah, now, there's yeah. another nightmare that, you know, that's something else. You, in other words, like I said before, you got to know what you're doing before you get into it. There you <laughs> go. That's what I was just going to say that. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, 
living or deceased, who would that person be? Oh man, I saw that, and that's a that's a really difficult question. You know, it, with me, it would be somebody like Roger Pansky, who I've just admired and met a couple times because he's not only in the automotive business and he's very successful there. He's in the racing business, which I just love every bit of it. And he is the captain and he is the guy who knows how to, when you hear stories from his people at his dealerships of how he wants things run and done, I mean, he is the king. I mean, he just, he knows his stuff. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. Amazing guy. I mean, when you dig into what he's done over his lifetime, you just go, how does somebody do all that? I mean, it's just, but that's why he's the captain. You know, that's yeah, why he's that's the right. Cow. That's right. And, you know, and I, I've been fortunate enough through my time with all of our racing ring to really meet a lot of these people, but probably luckier than, than most. But still, there's a lot of people that, that would just be incredible to really get to know and sit down and spend some time with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got absolutely. Sterling Moss sitting in my car to, at, the, at the historic races and with Bruce McCann, those guys. And it's just like, how cool, how many, how, does it get any cooler than this? I know. You know here I, know. I am. Here I am. Yeah, but, you know, you've been to those deals and seen those people. Oh, yeah. And yep. here we are. He's in our pit driving one of Bruce's cars or something. <laughs> and and he's looking at this car and he's remembering my car. And I'm kind of going, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, I it's Phil Hill, too cool. and I had Phil Hill when we had the Bentley dealership. We had the first Bentley Continental out at the vintage races. And mm-hmm. Phil Hill was the uh, commentator out there. Yep. And uh, Phil said, God, he said, do you mind if I drive that? I've never even seen one of these before. Wow. So I have a picture of Phil and I and, and my past son, Scooter, and uh-huh. uh, he got in my car. That was the first one of those he'd ever driven. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the man. kind of stuff like that, you just can't buy that kind of stuff. No, you pinch yourself. I remember that that racing season, and I was lucky enough to sit across the table from him on that salmon dinner they have on Saturday nights. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I got to sit and just talk with him, and my son was with me. I think Blake was about eight years old at the time. I have a great picture of he and Blake together. What a... Incredible man. I've had his son on my show. Uh, wonderful guy. Can't buy those memories. Uh, they're just absolutely oh, spectacular. Yeah. You, wow. You're right. You just can't. So I've got him in it. At 75 years of age, you know, I still, I should be, re- well, of course, I'm kind of, re- I'm not really retired, but, you know, I'm I don't my, s- I'm I can't see you ever retiring. When I'm over here, yeah. and I, I know exactly what's happening in the business every minute of the day. And, of course. Uh, but I do yeah. spend time on the boat, and I do spend time over here, and I enjoy that. So Yeah, well, anyway. as you should. You deserve it. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you might share that you've read or that you've enjoyed that you think our listeners might like? That's a tough one. I've read so many books, but, I, you know, one of the still my favorite book of all is the, I think, I, I'm trying to remember where it's called. I think it's The Art of Racing in the Rain. Oh, by Gar Stein. Remember yes. that book by Gar? Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, it's it's about Kitsch. It's about it's about the dog. It's about yeah. everything I love. And you read the yeah. book, and you just get you got tears in your eyes. Was, you do. It, just that was just a really special book. It really is. And I'll tell you yeah. something, David. Especially that for is us here in the Northwest. Oh yeah, because it it relates to us so so well. It, you know the uh, the guy that David just mentioned, Kitsch Don Kitsch, who runs Performance Racing School out here has been a, a place in the racing uh, world out here with us. And I'll tell you something, David, I had Garstein as a guest on the show here. That's the most recommended book. And they're making a movie as we speak right now. I they're shooting a movie. Yep. Kitsch came in the office and told me that the other day. And, and you know, Don and I started Team Seattle back in our offices at Park Place with Chris and I and Don talking about doing something for a team and making Team Seattle. And that's where the whole thing started. 
was right yes. in our office. And then wow. I think we raced, I don't know, 15 different 24 hours. And I raced in one with them. And that's where I broke my back. And uh. my wife wanted to know what the hell I was doing driving around with a bunch <laughs> of 25-year-olds. And yes. that was it. I was not doing any of that anymore. That was enough of that. Oh, <laughs> but, gosh. But, well, uh, yeah, that's, so that's, that's amazing. Uh, think of that charity. Think how much money that charity has raised for children. Oh, for children. It, that's, uh, yeah. To me, that's amazing. just fabulous. So. No, it's a great thing. I know you guys are very philanthropic, and you've been a steadfast part of the community up here in supporting so many great causes, and we appreciate that here in the Pacific Northwest. Very nice. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything I've shared today, and David has shared with you on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in David Bingham, B-I-N-G-H-A-M, and that page will pop right up. All right, David. We're almost done. You can get back to the beach there in Maui. I know you're looking out the window at the waves. It's like, come on, I want to get out on the beach. And last question here. This one could be a bit of a doozy, though. You've got to get rid of all your collector cars, and you can only have one in your garage. Money's no object. Today, I'm writing the check. Don't worry about anything. I'm just going to buy you the car of your dreams. But you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. So that little trick's off the table. You've got to keep it, and you've got to drive it, and you've got to enjoy it. No garage queens here cars, yeah. So, David, what can I buy you today? I want my Cobra back, or I want what I just saw two days ago from, I can't remember who had it. It was the it was another 289 Cobra, the drag, one of five Dragon Snake 289 Cobras that was in green. It was, ha! I just want another 289 Cobra. Well, I think I could do that for you. That's me. Or <laughs> yeah. a little less, maybe a Speedster, but one of the two. <laughs> well, the speeds, yeah, they're both expensive, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, you're a race car guy, maybe the Cobra, that kind of might yeah, be the right one just, for you. So. It's just me. That's just so me. All right. Well, I'll get that uh, up to your place here in Park Place by the time you come back from Maui. That'll be in your garage so you can have some fun and put a big smile on your face. David, you have taken me on a great ride. I've really enjoyed talking to you again, and I want to thank you for uh, for getting off the beach there and uh, sharing your story with the Cars yeah audience. I've been wanting to get you on the show forever. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 289 Cobra? You have to do what you love to do every day of your life. And, and uh, Chuck Lyford was a great friend of mine. And, and his motto was every day counts and every day really does count. You need to get up in the morning and do just what you wanted to do that day. And the older you get, the more important that is. You can't always do what you want to do, but you have to, you have to do, you got to do what makes you happy every day. You just have to. Absolutely true. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Park Place Limited? Well, just parkplaceltd.com. There isn't anybody who's a car guy who can't get on our website and go, wow, who are <laughs> yes. these guys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're very, we're very proud of that. We're very proud of that. I mean, it's, As you it's should so be. funny to be able to hand your card out to somebody and the guy comes back a day later and says, man, I yeah. didn't realize this is what this was. Oh, you yeah. guys are hot. <laughs> yes, you are definitely hot. Very nice. Well, listeners, again, I'll make sure I put all these links on David's show notes page on the Carja website. Check it out. Check out Park Place Limited. It's fantastic. If you're going to be up here in the Pacific Northwest, you got to get out to Bellevue. It's just 35 minutes from the airport. Go out there. Check out Park Place. You won't want to leave. I guarantee it. Well, David, mahalo for being so generous today and taking some time out of your Maui trip to spend with me and the Carja listeners. I'm very appreciative. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mahalo, Mark. Thank you so much. It has been my pleasure, believe me. Aloha. 
What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.